getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Yates Morning Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Tonight on 100.7 The Score, we'll have the high school fan zone featuring coaches from Monterey and Lubbock High School. Monterey uh, lost over on, on Friday as um, they fell to Friendship 39-26. to They'll play Midland uh, on Friday, and they'll take on them at uh, Lowry Field. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff, just by the way. Okay, so if you're kind of planning your Friday already, <clears throat> you can have a semi-late dinner and still make it to, uh, or maybe a regular dinner, make it to the bowl game. Okay. Okay, if you if you so desire. And then uh, also, uh, Lubbock High coach Juan Rodriguez uh, will join Tommy Wood on the high school fan zone. And they play on Thursday. They'll take on Lakeview, and that game will be at uh, Lowry Field. That's a 7 o'clock kick. And they won last week over Leveland, 21-14. So they're 2-1 and one for the first time since 2011. So good for them. They're off and uh, off to a good start. Um, some some will lament the fact that um, Lubbock High is not playing Monterey this year. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I realize the tradition, the Battle of the Spurs, and all that. But man, I'm I'm for I'm for kind of fair being fair there with the Lubbock High kids because it seems like they've had to go up against behemoths when they don't have the the size of the school that some of these others do or the number of kids out for football. So it seems to be a fair fight for them. Okay. That's just my, that's just my, my take on that. So I'd like to see them have, have some success. Lubbock High hasn't dropped down a classification, have they, or have they? Uh, They went down to, they're not, I don't think they're at the same level A as Monterey. I've got that in my notes. I'll look that, I'll I'll look that up for you. Uh, what did you make of Donovan Smith being named the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week? No, it's, uh, I mean, uh, everything that we said about yesterday was awesome how he finished out the game, and mm-hmm. I made some big plays and got over some mistakes. I, I think it was far from a perfect game for Donovan, right. but he loved the <laughs> the plays he made down the stretch for you. Sure. Uh, 36 of 58, 350 yards, uh, rushed the ball 21 times for 31 yards. Of course, he was sacked six times. Uh, the final two carries were big ones uh, because he had the the one that set up the um, game-tying field goal with Trey Wolf, and then the game-winning touchdown in the second overtime. Um, as His 79 plays, I did not know this until reading this uh, release, his 79 plays were the second highest total for a Red Raider going back to 2000. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 100 um, the night that Texas Tech lost to Oklahoma in 2016. So 79 plays was that's a that's a big number. Um, you want to take a wild guess? Um, the rushing attempts. This is wild. The rushing attempts of 21 were the most by a Red Raider. Can you tell me who the quarterback was? Uh, if I gave you the year, would that help you? Maybe. 1996. 
Zebby Lethridge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, here is uh, Coach Joey McGuire yesterday uh, talking about Donovan Smith being named the Offensive Player of the Week. Man, you know, um, I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, I said it, and I want to say it again. I mean, in this day and age, for a young man, um, and he, you know, he's, he's, well, I guess he's, what, a sophomore or uh, sophomore, um, to not be named the starting quarterback in this day and age, you're either in the portal or your lip stuck out that you trip over it every day, and he wasn't that guy. You know, he was a guy that, like, he prepared – the week before to play in the game, and then he had the opportunity, he played well, and then he prepared to be the starter. I think he would be the first one to tell you that he's got to prepare um, even more, uh, especially this week, because we're going to see a lot of pressure. They're they're, they're known for their pressure, and uh, so you know I'm proud of him, you know, and I'm happy for him, and. Uh, you know, it said it on the edit. I just saw it on Twitter. It said, "What next? What's next?" Uh, that's not a question. So um, he's got to enjoy that, and maybe that's for less than 24 hours. And he's got to get ready. I, he was in there. He's probably still down there. But he and Nehemiah Martinez and Jordan Brown. I think there was more and more guy down there. They were down there watching film. Um, you know, and that's what those guys do. They're leaders and get prepared to play the game. That's Texas Tech coach Joey McGuire. So, <clears throat> yeah, good news for him. Um, I, you know, it's it's probably rare that a quarterback throws three interceptions. Is named the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Week. Probably so. <laughs> it hasn't happened very very many times. But that there's that's kind of speaks to the perseverance of what you know took place throughout the game, and that you know he had the big run to to help set up the game winning or game tying field goal, and then the winning touchdown. In, in addition to the other things that he did, overcoming. Uh, some of those, whether you call them mistakes or adversity or turnovers, uh, plain and simple, um, I think that's that speaks highly of them uh, to be able to to finish strong. Sure, you sure. know, like they did. Yeah, to, to kind of forget forget about the mm-hmm. you know the the plays where you you'd like to have back, and instead you just focus on what's next. Yeah, focus on what's next. Yeah, see, you're you're catching on. What's next? See, we should we probably could be better at that around here. What's next? You know, with our successes and, you know, even with our failures. Okay, what's next? <laughs> okay. Right? Dust it off. What's next? Right? <laughs> you didn't do this? Okay, what's next? I didn't know that we were failing in that no, area. No, no, no. I mean, I, you know, there's I'm failing maybe too strong a word. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, we have, we all we all have things that don't always go well in our day, right? Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, some injury notes. Uh, Weston Wright, uh, the left guard will be basically a game-time decision, although he almost called that like a Friday decision uh, because he said with the fast Friday practice on Friday morning when they when they work out at like 7.15 in the morning, they'll know then if he's good to go to be able to go to Raleigh or be able to play. Um, he, That's he, great news. He aggravated his ankle that he rolled in camp. Yeah, I, I was worried that we were going to see him gone for a long time. So the fact that we're even hoping that he's back for, for this Saturday, mm-hmm. and even if he's not, I, I think that's great news. Yeah, so... so Just, and by, but I, by that, I mean that would mean you would expect him to be back next week, you know, for Big 12, Texas. start a Big mm-hmm. 12 play. So mm-hmm. uh, even even if he's not back this week, that's that's good news as far as I'm concerned, that he's close. He he talked about his recovery time being just a little bit different, just because he's 320 pounds. So 
the amount of pressure or amount of weight that he puts on that ankle is different than different for him than a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it works. Um, they also will get uh, Chad Townsend back, Chadarius Townsend. They'll get LD Moore back, who I think had a, a hamstring or problem, and then Jordan Brown uh, back as well. Um, Adrian Fry will be also a game time decision. Could use him. Could use him. Could could use could use him as well. So that's the that's the good news uh, for the most part. Uh, the, for the most part, with the exception of you know Tyler Shuck, I mean, you've um, so far stayed pretty pretty healthy the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, rest and right, pretty important to you, right? No, right. But yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, by and large, when you kind of kind of take a look at That's Miles Price is back, tightened up yeah. during the game, so that yeah, he's that's got to be a bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him because you're gonna yeah. you're gonna need him more and more as you as you go as you go through with things. You definitely haven't been you haven't been killed by the injuries or whatever, but it, mm-hmm. it still does feel like you're you've got some guys that aren't in a hundred percent and haven't been able to go full goes. And I think Wright's pretty important to that offensive line. That's why I was really concerned when he went out and yeah. felt like Houston got an even bigger push after he went out of the game. Uh, one other guy that they talked to, that he talked about a little bit yesterday, Krishan Merriweather. Remember, and he got kind of dinged up in the end zone a little bit. Um, he said he's really tough. He said he felt great today. He said I'm expecting him to practice. Yesterday was their was their day off, um, but said he's a vet, so it's okay if he doesn't. So they they don't uh, I don't think expect anything other than for Krishan Merriweather to be out there on uh, on Saturday evening when uh, they take on North Carolina State. Okay? All right, 625 this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Your thoughts, your comments, your questions, all welcome this morning. Go to the Yates Flooring Center chat line via the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Benchmark hotline is open. Getting too. you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Today is September 13th, 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire. As the poem says, Chuck, mm-hmm. these are the saddest of possible words. 1902, Chicago Cubs infielder Joe Tinkers Johnny Evers and Frank Chance appeared together as teammates for the very first time, creating the famous double play combination of Tinkers to Evers to Chance. Oh, man. They would not have a double play today. Wow. We have to wait a couple of days. Okay. But uh, coming soon. So let me ask you this question. What exactly made them such a famous double play combo? They had the third most double plays for uh converted at their time and when they factored in um possible double plays like chances of them getting one they were plus 50 in the like what would be a normal double play they were 50 above that for what they were able to get to okay i just like tinker stevers to chance so i mean there were two groups ahead of them yes and we don't know them nope <laughs> I think it's just because it's Tinker's Devers to Chance. It's the poem. It, yeah. It, there's no doubt it's the poem, but 
they turned a bunch of double plays. Sure. Sure. 1930. Chuck Hines. Yes, sir. This is a quiz. And see if you've been paying attention for the last year and a half. Who is the official morning drive marathon runner? I know his name when you say it. Pavo Nermi. There we go. Mm. Jamie's been paying attention, and I appreciate that. <laughs> he want, runs in 1930 a world record 20,000 meter, one hour, four minutes, 38.4 seconds. 1958, Braves Warren Spahn is the first lefty to win 20 games or more nine times. Gosh. 1963, Jim Button's 20th clinches the Yankees' 28th pennant. 1965, Willie Mays' 500th home run in a Giants' 11th straight victory. This is such a foreign concept to me because of when I've lived and how I've lived and what I've paid attention to. Mm -hmm. But on this day in 1973, ABC announces it has attained the TV rights for the 1976 Olympics. To me, the Olympics are on NBC. Oh. My entire life, I think of them on NBC. Okay, so for me, so for me, the Olympics were on ABC and when they went to NBC that was like it was like major that was like a major story when ABC lost the Olympics because I just think of Jim McKay and oh sure him being the host and all that and he was for years and years and years and years and years and then finally was overtaken by Bob Costas and others 1982 Major League Baseball Philly Steve Carlton tosses a complete game shutout and Hits a home run for the fourth time in his career in a two to nothing win over St. Louis at Veterans Stadium. He becomes only the only pitcher to do so in three different decades. 1987, U.S. Opens Women's Tennis. Martina Navratilova retains her title, beating Steffi Graf of Germany 7 6 6 1. 1991. A guy I've always enjoyed rooting for, but never been on my team or one of my favorite players. Joe Carter is the first baseball player with three consecutive 100 RBI seasons with three different teams. Indians, Padres, and Blue Jays. He'd hit a big home run. Yes, he he would. would. In 1993. One of the most famous ever. Yeah. Was reminded to touch them all, Joe. Yeah, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit another one this big. And in 2010, Rafa Nadal wins his first U.S. Open crown. Beats Novak Djokovic 6-4-5-7-6-4-6-2. The first Spanish man to win the U.S. title since Manuel Ornates in 1975. It is National Peanut Day. Okay. Just peanut. Just peanut. Mm-hmm. No peanut butter. No peanut jam. No, none, no peanut butter cookie. Just are you a fan of the peanut, peanut when you got to crack it open? And, you know, you kind of. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday to Tyler Perry, who's fifty-three. A guy I never want to see at a kitchen table. Chris Hansen is sixty-three. AJ, why, McCa- why is that? <laughs> he was the one that was the always sitting at the kitchen table for to catch a predator. Okay. You never watched? No. Like, he was the, the cue head. that you were about to get arrested. Oh, okay. Yeah, never want... I, 
I haven't done anything wrong. I don't want to see him at a kitchen table. AJ McCarron, 32, Brad Johnson, 54, and Bernie Williams, 54 today. He was a really good Yankee, wasn't he? He was great. Glass, really good guitar classic, player, too. Classic guy. Mm-hmm. And on this day, gentlemen, in 1990, this was heard for the very first time. Oh. The drama Law series Order. Law and Order premiered mm-hmm. on NBC. It would go on to become one of the longest-running primetime dramas in TV history and spawn several popular spinoffs. Um, in, you know, uh, their now famous formula. First half hour long of the program is basically set for the police force. Second part is in the courtroom. And the beginning of the show always starts the same. In the criminal justice system, people are presented by two separate yet equally important groups. The police who investigate crimes and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. It's become too gruesome for me. Some of them. The, it's just become too, too dark. Um, okay, so Major League Baseball, Jeff was talking about Warren Spahn becoming a 20-game winner for the ninth time. You have a chance to have a 20-game winner. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe you have one guy with 17, three guys with 16, a couple guys with 15. But, man, it's uh, the guy that leads in uh, Major League Baseball right now is Kyle Wright. And then uh, you got others that are behind him, including Justin Verlander, who I get. And you, he's not going to get to 20 because he's on the shelf. Yeah, it doesn't appear that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... And he was felt like he was well on his way to getting it done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you got, a guy, got two guys from the Dodgers, but you know, are they going to push that hard to get to twenty? Probably not, because they're going to set them up, make sure that they're healthy and rested, and you know, fine tuned for a, a big playoff run. So, you know, a, a twenty game winner in Major League Baseball is becoming rarer and rarer, almost like a like mm-hmm. a, a three hundred hitter. Do we have any three hundred hitters? Yes, plenty of them. Plenty of them? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, 6.53 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank, and uh, you can weigh in there. Um, were you happy with the new rules for Major League Baseball? Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, the pitch clock thing. I'm anxious to see how that works. Everybody who's a... Uh, you know, works in and watches a lot of minor league baseball. Says it's been terrific for the minor league level. So I'm I'm in favor of that. But mm-hmm. I hate the outlawing the shift. Yeah, I mean it. It just it seems to me like that's just can become part of it, right? I mean, if you want to gamble and and um, put put all your guys on one side of the field, you sh- you should be able to do that. Yeah, it's not really a gamble. Otherwise, people, they would let you do it. I mean, the, the, their numbers are bearing out that it makes sense for you to do it, and the numbers are showing that. That's one of the reasons why batting averages are down. Okay, so people, do you think it's been bad for baseball to do that? To shift? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's part of the game now. Yeah. I mean, you figure out ways to win that's legal. I mean, hit the other way, right? Learn how to hit the ball the other way. Maybe we shouldn't just swing for the fences every time and try to pull everything. Do you think yeah. that will even encourage that even more? Probably so. To swing for the fences? Yeah, well, I mean, because everybody's just trying to pull everything every time. Yeah. Yeah. No such thing as going the opposite way with a single. I mean, you're just, every time, you're expected to, you know, 
see if you can get launch angle and hit the ball out of the ballpark. See, to me, I, I just that's love boring. That, that's I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I like home runs, mm-hmm. but all the strikeouts and just lazy flyouts that it leads to that that's that's boring baseball. I love the going the opposite way for the left-handed hitter to go down the left left field line or the right right-handed hitter to go down the right field line. I I I think there's, uh, there's I just a lot like action. The, yeah, yeah. This. Put the ball in play. I like action. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Nice to have you with us, with uh, Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. The uh, Red Raiders take on North Carolina State in Raleigh on uh, Saturday night. It'll be a 6 o'clock kick. Our Optimum Game Day Live coverage begins at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. 2 p.m. on Saturday. That would be a long one, wouldn't it? That would be a long one, yes. <laughs> 2, a, 2 a.m. Let, 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 let's not try that. <laughs> 2 p.m. on uh, Saturday afternoon. The kickoff is at uh, 6. So they'll... Uh, Moving on to Raleigh. Yesterday, uh, Coach Joy McGuire met with the media, and he's settling into, uh, we're settling into our routine with Coach McGuire in terms of what the expectations are, uh, kind of how things go. Um, he's pretty candid, pretty open. Um, he, he's uh, not, uh, not short of words, okay? Um, and one of the things that he was asked about yesterday is after two games, what is something uh, about his team that the fans may not know about? I think you probably can see it because our guys are playing hard, but, man, these guys really care about each other. You know, um, like Sharadri, perfect example, Sharadri. Uh, there was no frustration Saturday. Uh, Taj was hot, um, you know, and I know – uh, you know, he wants to be in there and, and do well, but there was a point that he said, hey, roll with Taj right here. Not to me, but with Coach Perry. And, and just a high care factor of guys that want to win, that care about each other, um, you know, and pick each other up. Uh, I thought the way they played off of each other. I mean, we talk about complimentary football. Well, one thing that I haven't talked to y'all or other people about, but complimentary football is when you get a stop on defense, you go score on offense. When you, you know, give up a touchdown or a field goal on defense and you go score on offense, you play off of each other. And, man, they're, they're talking about it, and you can hear it, and they're really zoned in. So I think that's the, the thing that we've really noticed. Man, we've got some guys that they want to win, and uh, they're really buying in of, hey, this is how we're going to win football game. So I don't know that that was what the questioner was really looking for, but I thought I, thought, I think it's interesting that um, Sir Roderick has that um, level of maturity to realize that Taj Brooks has the hot hand on Saturday because he, I mean, and has, has had to do other things. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, that – um... Taj was running really, really well at that point, so I thought it made sense for to just keep going with him. I also think that he's the more physical runner, and when your offensive line is struggling, it makes more sense to go with that guy. And um, Sir Roderick's not probably not going to be as successful because of his skill set just being a little bit different. Not that Sir Roderick can't run between the tackles too, because mm-hmm. he he definitely can. There's there's no question. But uh, it's it's good to see those guys working together well and. Um, not having an issue with the other one 
you know, playing big and making big plays and getting more snaps, whatever, because, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what you need to do. You need to be going with the guy that's uh, who's got it going. 7-18 this morning here on the morning drive. Red Raiders will play on the road for the first time this year at North Carolina State. And uh, Coach McGuire talks about that, playing on the road for the first time. Well, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's a cliche, but it's true. You know, it's a business trip. You know, we... We uh, have a very good routine, um, you know, and I, we stick to it. I mean, we've had a lot of compliments at home games of like, you know, from the hotel that we stay in uh, that, hey, man, you, you guys, I've never seen it. It's like clockwork. I mean, it has a lot to do with our op staff and, and how they handle everything. I mean, we want to be loose on Friday. We're going to go to a movie like we do here and kind of relax and enjoy each other. Uh, we call it family time, and, and really uh, we put our phones up and uh, we, we spend a lot of time with each other, and then Saturday we'll wake up, we'll be on schedule. Uh, we call that Red Raider time. You know, they know not to screw around whenever it's Red Raider time, and we make it clear when that is. And so I think we'll handle it. Um, I think it helps us playing in an environment at home like we do. I mean, our stadium is so loud, and, um, and, and there's that – energy in the stadium so i think it's going to help us going on the road that we play in an environment like that it's just going to be now um offensively we're going to it's going to be loud whenever we have the ball versus the other way around and defensively they're probably going to be able to hear each other a little bit better um you know because north carolina state they have really strong fan base and they understand football and so uh, we'll work on that all week. You know, we'll have times in practice that uh, we'll turn up the volume and make sure that we're ready to go. And and uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's, it's going to be uh, – I mean, this is why you play and get excited. you got two teams that are 2-0. and uh, One of them are ranked, and, you know, you got a chance to play some really good football. 7.20 this morning here on the morning drive. So, something that, uh, that my wife pointed out, we were watching uh, – Maybe it was it was after the game, and they were showing the guys walking with regard to Raider Walk. Okay, they were showing all the fans, and they're showing all the players and all the coaches, you know, walking from basically the indoor facility to to the Jones Stadium. <clears throat> and you know, Coach McGuire talked about Red Raider time, and he's talked about family time, and talked about being. But the thing that that struck her, and it's it, it, it's interesting, and I don't know if this is by design. I'm going to guess that it is. But none of the guys had earbuds in. None of the guys had anything hooked up to their phone or their, you know, anything. They were all just walking. Yeah, I would be. Li- re- I'd be really, really surprised if that wasn't a rule put in place by, by the coaching staff. Yeah. But I mean, there's been times when I've seen that. You know, guys getting off the bus and. Oh sure. You know, sure. most of the time, I mean, guys, time. guys are listening to music to get them pumped up. Yeah, but I, yeah. but I think in this case, they they want them, I think, to hear what the fans have to say and feed off that energy and listen to the encouragement or things like that. But I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting observation, um, and. Um, it wouldn't it would not surprise me if that was like, hey guys, you know we're not even we're not bringing our phones. You know, put them in your bag. You know, you can get them after the get them after the game, and that's that's so hard when you think about it um, to kind of be detached from that apparatus that seems to be in in all of our hands. Well, not everybody's, uh, but I'm I'm guilty as charged uh, in that. It'd probably be hard for me to walk from the sports performance to the not that i'm listening to music or anything but it's just more of the just having it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying 
722 this morning here on the morning drive. So that's a couple of things there from from Coach uh, Joey McGuire. We've got a couple other things that, that I want to get to as well. But one of the things that he talked about yesterday, and I'm, we, may, we may get a comment, actual comment from him, but just get your observation on this, is um, the throwing of bottles and um, water bottles, and he said beer bottles as well, um, onto the field. That's just, I, I, there's just no reason for that. And he, he said they got warned at halftime. And um, it's not the first time that this has happened this year. And it's come after, you know, big touchdowns or things like that. But you know, one of the officials almost got hit uh, by a water bottle uh, during the game. And at some point in time, could cost you a big penalty um, or the fans throwing stuff out on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, embarrassing. Just embarrassing. I don't know that. Um, I saw it in the West Virginia Kansas game too. Somebody threw a shoe, which is a geni- shoe. It's genius because like they're not going to be able to figure out who's missing their shoe. They didn't lose their foot, did they? Um, <laughs> I just uh, I I don't know what, what what we have to do. I don't know if it can be fixed. I mean, you just uh, people are ignorant, and we have. I mean, ignorant, immature fans just like everybody else. Um, it's really disappointing that we have them, but we do. Yeah. And so all I would say is, I know this is not easy to do, but it, if you see somebody do it, you got to go get some. You got to go get a security officer and, and get them arrested. And we need to start. Or get them tossed from the stadium at least. No, no. We need to start seeing people leave in handcuffs before this will stop. Because if they get tossed out, who cares? Yeah, that's they true. They don't care. Yeah, it's not a big a deal to them. They need to be taken out in handcuffs and charged. Okay? And this, then it'll stop. We need to see those people get arrested before this is going to stop. Yeah, I just don't understand the... I don't understand the throwing of uh, stuff on the field, um, especially water bottles. And Coach McGuire said he did joke to the official uh, if he, because one of the guys said it was an unopened bottle. He asked him if he took a drink out of it. He said he didn't think that was very funny. Um, but he he also said I, I don't know why anybody would throw you know half a beer. He goes I enjoy a beer from time to time. I don't know why anybody would throw half of a beer. But it's just, uh, it is, it's just ridiculous for that to, uh, to take place. So maybe so. <clears throat> uh, 7.25 this morning here on the morning drive. Jamie's got a question for all of us next here on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Big plays and even bigger laughs. This is the morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, 7.30 and some change. What you got for us? All right, today's question involves the Red Raider football team. My question is, after two weeks, two wins for the Red Raiders, who has been the best position group? I think what pops right off of my mind is the defensive line and how they've kind of shored things up I realize you know Murray State you consider the level of competition and then you know last week what they did against Houston you know putting pressure on the quarterback and then allowing less than 100 yards running and not letting 
Clayton Toon hurt you. Um, and, I, you know, the linebackers have something to say about that as well. But I think it, it starts with those guys up front. I think they've, 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 they've performed more than what I thought they were going to do at the start of the season. Okay. Jeff? I don't have a better answer than that. Um, running back would be a close second. I think the you had a really good game running the football against Murray State, and then what uh, Brooks was able to do against Houston was was really good too. And the fact that you know, as Coach McGuire hinted at or discussed earlier, that they're working together and and it's not a me or nobody else mentality. They're all pulling for each other. But yeah, your defensive line has been impressive so far. I think um, running back would be first on my list. I think those those two really have done a terrific job so far. Um, I, I it's really really impressive, and we expected it would be one two punch. With they'd give you a little bit of different uh, for both of them, but I think both of them are versatile enough to hurt you in a lot of different ways. Uh, so they would be number one on my list. I, I just I love the depth there with having two really good guys, um, but. The other one for me, I I actually feel like the linebackers have been, and maybe it's because um they were uh, I wouldn't say they were a question mark for me heading into the season, but I was just wondering what mm-hmm. they were going to look like. Um, I've been really happy with the linebackers. I I think I'd probably say if I was going to put the defensive line on there, I would want to see more sacks than you've had so far. But um, and of course you racked out a good amount against. Uh, Against Murray State, but that's Murray State. You had two last week. Yeah, so uh, I think they've definitely been better, but I, I would rate the linebackers ahead of the defensive line. Okay, if you have a uh, thought and opinion on that, um, 806-771-0973 from the Benchmark Hotline or the Yates Flooring Center chat line if you have a, uh, a comment on that. You know, it's... it's, it's would, would it be fair to put quarterback... In this rank, I mean, you've got a Big Twelve offensive player of the week. You're and he had to come in as reserve in your first game, and I thought you got good play from all three guys in the first game. Uh, that feels like kind of a a cop out answer, especially when you th- factor in three interceptions in Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. But again, Big Twelve offensive player of the week kind of balances that out a little bit, doesn't it? I I can't I can't go with you there. I know he was a Big Twelve Player of the Week, but I I, I thought for for I thought for the most part on Saturday, you quarterback play was not good. I I mean again, I'm thrilled with the way he finished strong, but I mean it felt like you needed you could have separated, spread your legs a little bit, and I don't think Donovan was great for the most part in that game until crunch time when he was awesome. Right, and so I don't want to take anything away from him for that, and I don't want to take away from him a way to get over some struggles and and make big plays when you really really needed it. But yeah, I thought also thought Barron looked a little little rough at times in his first in his appearance in the first game. It it would be you know if you had the old time machine and you could go back and tell Tyler Shuck not to run or to get down or after after he got the first down, hey, just slide. And if he had started that game against Houston, it would be interesting to see what the difference would have been. You know, would you would you have needed two overtimes, um, or would it have been would it have been worse? 
or would it have been exponentially better? It'd just been, it'd be, because I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't either. You know, I don't, I, do, I don't know, I don't know the answer to that question. I so. don't. I know that I liked what I saw from Tyler Shuck in this first game. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I never want to tell a quarterback that you can't run or that you have to slide all the time and all that. I mean, he just make may a fo- have to do that though. But with, make a with, football play with his, with the way his collarbone is or his shoulder is. He may not. He may not be able to guy, be a guy that can take a, a solid hit like that. Well, then that's another reason to go with the other guy. Yeah, because you yeah. want to be able to use yeah. the running just, game from the quarterback in your offense. Maybe may the deal. Uh, all right, uh, Braden says uh, receiving core gets an A minus from me. Uh, I think they've been okay. We get this from the Ace Flooring Center chat line. This doesn't happen very often, but spot on, Chuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I always like it. Doesn't happen very often, but I don't often agree. But <clears throat> it's a uh, you know the old blind squirrel and the nut finding it every once in a while. I, I think I'm the blind squirrel. Okay, that finds mm-hmm. that nut just every once in a while. You're the alert squirrel that <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems alert to squirrel. you're the alert squirrel that finds the nuts. You're the gather one that falls out of the tree. No, you're the one that, that has. You're the one that has all like this time of year, when when you're out looking for nuts and getting them gathered up to storm up for the winter. You're that squirrel that's, while the other squirrels are squirreling around, you're the squirrel that's scurrying around. He's nuts and and uh, gathering up the nuts, and you're the squirrel that the other nuts are. The other squirrels are going to knock on your door and say, Hey, Jamie Squirrel, can I have some nuts? I know that I was just kind of screwing around um, while you were gathering nuts and having fun, and you were working hard, but, man, I'm really hungry. Could you spare a few nuts? And and you're going to say, Well, you, you should have been working like me. Sorry about you, and Mr. Squirrel. Jamie Squirrel, Jamie Squirrel will say, I have no problem giving you nuts, but I'm bothered that you made me speak. <laughs> Here I am chilling at the house. Yeah. And you're With knocking Winfield on my the door. Squirrel, and you're knocking Could on my you door. Could you just sent me an email and say, mm-hmm. hey, will you leave a couple nuts outside the door for me? Yeah. I'd have been much more, what much happier we, at that w- point. What if, the, what if the squirrels that squirreled around texted you? Jamie Squirrel, hey, Jamie Squirrel, can I have some? Can I have some nuts? But they got to do it while you're awake. <laughs> uh, okay, here's some thoughts from the Ace Flooring Center chat line. We would not have had two overtimes if the kicking game was better, and we're going to get to that because Coach McGuire uh, have, was asked about any. that yesterday yeah. by uh, by Jeff um, about how you fix the uh, special teams in the return game. Um, let's see. There's a new segment, gentlemen. Jamie Squirrel discusses who's nuts this week. Yeah. Uh, Mike says Chuck is the nut being found by the squirrel. Okay. I think the only problem with Jamie Squirrel talking about who's nuts, he would say all three of us on a daily yeah. basis. That would get boring quickly. Uh, let's see here. The D as an entire unit only gave up 13 points. The other t- touchdown was on Donovan Smith. Yeah, because it was a pick six, no doubt. Yep. Uh, going back to our discussion of throwing things on the field and uh, and being arrested, that's that was Jamie's thought, and I and I, you know what, I agree with that. And that that was a great point. 
My, my, my de- I'm not saying that it's a, a heinous crime, but I don't mm-hmm. think you can deter fans from doing it unless you show some sort of legitimate punishment. And making them leave the stadium is not going to bother them. It's not them. enough. It's yeah. not going to bother them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is not. They're like, okay, well, I go home and I watch it on TV for the remainder. Whatever. It's, it's not going to bother them. And I'm not saying just at Texas Tech. I think across the country this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'm not saying they should be put away for life, but they have to pay some sort of fine. So you arrest them, you take them, and you I mean, I don't know what the fine is. Uh, littering, um, you know, I mean, if you hit somebody with one of those things and they're half full or whatever, you can That's attempt, assault. attempted assault. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go that deep with it, but right. go hit them with a $50 fine, okay? Or something. And yeah. embarrass them by taking them out of there in handcuffs. Yeah embarrass them yeah okay sometimes that's probably worse than a fine yeah no doubt especially if it's a grown man Mm-hmm. he's got to deal with his wife yelling at him the whole time <laughs> right. what are you doing what are you thinking what were you thinking <laughs> recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 nice to have you with us this morning on lubbock sports station double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com with jamie linton jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines yates flooring center chat line is open benchmark hotline is open as we come to you from the first united bank double t 97.3 studio i don't think they're open yet but they i mean the atms are working they're online's working so sure you know just the brick and mortar not quite not quite yet do i think it don't the ATMs work like 24 oh, 7? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're 24 7. Yeah. yeah. Online's pretty much 24 7. Right. Just the, mm-hmm. just the old brick and mortar. Okay. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, wreck eastbound and westbound of loop and slide. Okay. So probably the one side caused the other side to have a wreck. Mm. Uh, direct is westbound on the loop, but you've also got a small accident on the eastbound side at the loop. That from uh, Racer 26. Man, he's a reliable source right there, Racer 26. I wonder if he caused it. Yeah. Was he? What they was he racing? No, what do they call it? Where you're rubbernecking? <laughs> where they're bumping into each other? Or rubbing. 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 Rubbing's yeah. rubbing. Yeah, it's rubbing. Yeah, was rubbing. he rubbing? Rubbing. Well, if you're not Racer 26, was he rubbing? He, you're not racing if you're not rubbing. So somebody says, yep, west. Somebody else says, more speculation. The sun is east in driver's eyes. Yeah. Uh, then we get this. Lint delegates as opposed to regulates. Oh, that's what he does. That's exactly Ch- what he does. Chuck I don't want to have to do all the work. Lint regulates and de- delegates. All right. Those, <laughs> both of those things. Uh, Racer 26. McGuire will tell you I'm definitely a, a delegator as a manager. Racer twenty six says no. I did not cause this one this time. You've host, you've done a Friday night football game this year. <laughs> You're not afraid to roll up your sleeves and get down in the dirty. <clears throat> I'm a delegator. Uh, yes, Chuck. The internet does not turn off at night. Okay, thank you. I was wondering, but I was I was pretty sure on that. All right, Red Raiders will take on North Carolina State on Saturday night. Um, we're going to get to this because it's it's long. And so we'll get to this at 8.15 about how they fix the special teams kicking and return game. So the, I'm, you'll be interested to hear what Coach McGuire has to say about this, won't you? I'm definitely interested. I'm interested to see it work on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's for certain. I okay. would guess that 
truth of the matter is you've got to get more talented at the kicker position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you probably have to coach them up in the return game. Yeah. That's probably what I would say it boils down to. Because we're, we're not complaining about, um, you know, your your return man is only averaging three yards per return and not explosive and, and, and the number's not 20. We're, we're complaining about uh, getting penalized over and over in special teams in the return game. And we're complaining about your return man not getting to the ball and letting it roll. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So those aren't things where we're where we're saying you need the most talented guys in the world to get that done. You just need to be more disciplined to avoid the penalties. Number one and number two, you got to have a return man that's got some guts. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go make a play. It's gonna go go get the ball. You know, so unfortunately for those guys, sometimes they just have no choice. In that, if the if it's nowhere near them, you don't want them to run over there and risk taking a bad bounce and it bounces off their knee or whatever you you can't do that and some of these rugby style kickers or whatever are kangaroo, kicking it. kangaroo kickers those two they're mm-hmm. running over there and kicking it so it hits the turf and you yeah. have no choice but to get away and let it roll mm-hmm. so that's part of the deal too all right so we'll uh we'll get that from uh, coach mcguire at uh at 8 15 on how they how they fix it okay and it's not just play better but how they how they fix it all right, uh, a couple things from Zach Kitley, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, first of all, he talks about Donovan Smith, uh, and this is the first time that he's been available, Coach Kitley, on the final play of the second overtime. Here's Coach Kitley on the quarterback. Yeah, he did a great job, you know, uh, kind of that was an empty set we had there, and his progression was kind of starting the boundary, then moved to the field, and uh, he did exactly what he was coached to do. Start to the boundary. You can watch his eyes on tape, move to the field, and there it was. There's just kind of an open hole. And as everybody knows, that's one of Donovan's strengths is finding that and running. And he ran it and walked in the end zone. And then I ran around for about five minutes, it seemed like, just running up and down screaming. So it was fun. That was my reaction to that one. So Interesting, just the presence of mind, be able to, to see that um, and be able to – take advantage of that and then make that split second decision to to run with the football all all designed yeah and i'm sure that's something that coach kitley has coached him up on and and Mm -hmm. that hey we want you to if if you see if you drop back to pass and you see the middle open like that and we're this close to the goal line don't don't sit back there and wait to see if the route opens up mm-hmm. go <laughs> right, right. go yeah i mean if it's i mean donovan has to be smart right if it's third yeah. and 22 yeah and you see eight yards of running room in front of you don't tuck and run okay but if um you got a chance to get to the end zone whether it's in the first quarter mm-hmm. or in the second overtime man get after it and so that i mean that's donovan doing what he's supposed to do and dropping back and looking for a receiver but then if he seals sees the red the 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 red sea part and have at it and and, you know isn't um isn't hesitation the almost the killer of all of us you know in terms of you you kind of that you have the opportunity to seize the moment and then you don't and then the moment is by you I'm sure that so, happens in life. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's well said. So I think I think that that's that's what you want out of your quarterback is like we talk about this from a defensive standpoint a lot that you want them to just to react, not think, and you want the same thing out of some of your offensive guys. 
Yeah, the number of times in a football game that a quarterback, whether it be at the high school level or be at the NFL level, the, the number of times he makes a split-second decision is would be mind-numbing for you to count up. I mean, the number. I mean, just on every given every given play, mm-hmm. you're you're talking about okay, that receiver or that receiver, run or throw. You know, uh, you get to the line of scrimmage, you're like, they're in this defense, so do I call an audible? Do I keep it? I mean, so, I mean, you're getting three and four of them on every yeah. play. And that's just, man, that, that, those, those guys have to be in. It's different than other positions, right? I mean, the other guys have it as well to a certain degree, but um, it's, it's really d- difficult and it's, those guys, and that's why film study and those kind of things are so incredibly important for a quarterback to study a defense that they're about to face and see, okay, if they give me this look, I got to make this decision, or mm-hmm. here's what I'm looking for in that situation. Um, or to study his own film from the previous weeks and say, okay, in this situation, here's what I'm doing wrong. I should be doing this instead, and those kind of things. I, I just feel like I don't think we always take into account how difficult mentally that position is. Yeah. Just think how much better we could all be if we had game film of our daily performance that we went back and reviewed at night. <clears throat> mm. uh, you didn't do the widget right here right, or you didn't say this yeah. right, or you didn't do this right, or, you know, the, the lawyer who didn't mm. ask the question just quite right. Actually, more be, like an on-demand recording actually, that is being made right now that will be posted on the website that you can listen to at your discretion after the show's over. I actually did that yesterday, Chuck. I, I did, and I found I didn't have a single pancake block. <laughs> and I also figured out that I only stood in the way of someone else 30% of the time. Mm. So I'm not, you know, I don't think Coach McGuire is going to ask me to be an offensive lineman anytime soon. Syntax Hank says this. Chuck not only speculates, he's the king of Fantasy Island. I'm going to take that as a compliment, but I know that it's not. Dipplin, <laughs> dipplin. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.